everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Parallel Barking. I'm Oof. Mariana Backer, Black Burke, and this is my co-host, Larry Backer. Woof woof. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Today, we're going to talk about something very relevant. Happy, happy 4th, happy Independence Day for those of you who are um, in the United States and care. And who and, celebrate. And celebrate. But that's um, sort of what we're going to be talking about. The state we of are the going to be talking. We thought it was, you know, a good time to start or reflect on the state of the union. The state of the union, which is itself now a value laden term, uh, because how you describe the republic uh, will tend to tell people more about you than um, than uh, almost anything else. So do you say the nation? Do you say the union? Do you say the federal union? Uh, do you Who say, would say the federal union now? <laughs> oh my God, we fought wars about this. Uh, yeah, we did back in, you know. In the day. In the day. Right? But now it's become very fashionable to talk about the state of disunion. Uh, but of course, that comes from the mouths of hyper-privileged people who've known nothing but a, a lazy, cushy lifestyle at the absolute correct end of global systems of, uh, of pampering uh, in which they wind up getting all of the benefits of the uh, tremendous amount of work, including systems work, that went into both developing the Republic and its union and its global position over the course of the last 70 years. Um, but even the smallest amount of discomfort on their part uh, produces a bit of whining, which I think is great. Uh, yes, I mean, you progress. have to whine a bit to get progress, right? You can't you? stand still and be complacent and expect to move forward. Okay, so your solution to all of this is to whine. I like this. That, uh, absolutely not. You you read that incompletely wrong. But I, I I did. I said to be complacent is not the way to go. I didn't say to whine. I don't know anyone in this country who's complacent now. We've got three hundred and some odd million angry people, and most of them are this anger that has no place to go except into a variety of little buckets that have been pre-manufactured for them by press organs or other people uh, into which they will crawl like fiddler crabs. Is it, no, hermit crabs. So that's but one anyway. state, angry. But anyway, right, right, right. So we're in the, so what is the state of the union? The state of the union is anger, but it's this weird displaced anger or not displaced anger. I don't think it's, it's displaced. Go, all right. So where's anger from? Where's it going? It's from this feeling of, getting to a place of progress and then feeling like you're being pulled back. Um, you're being pulled back. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's the lasso effect where heifers in a large Western rodeo that have now been lassoed and are being pulled somewhere we didn't want to go. Yeah, uh, you feel like you get to a place thought, of understanding and and then you realize, oh crap, that 
was an illusion. Why was it an illusion? It was a contest and someone lost. Well, or, you know, or a fantasy that some of us like me. Or is it a fantasy? It can be realized if you get off your uh, overly fed um, body I mean, part that you used to sit. Perhaps, I, I think, right, at this point, you're just trying to be contrary, but I, I think for a while, a lot of us- Welcome to America! Very, <laughs> I think a lot of us were at least um, complacent. complacent with Roe versus Wade and thinking, hey, this is this is cool. We're we're not feeling like this is threatened. Um, but Roe has been threatened for twenty five years. Right. Complacency I mean, was fantasy, but it was fantasy of your own doing, since all the markers were there to say that there was at least one part of the union's population that was dead set on reversing it. Right. And if you sat and just binge watch TV shows. Uh, and then express surprise when it happened. Well, who do you have to, you know, at that point, yeah, you're angry, but you should be angry at yourself rather than angry at the people who were far more successfully strategic about- Everybody should see his face right now. His, his nose is literally up in the air. It is, it is. It is up in the air. And the reason it's up in the air is that, um, look, the state of the union is what we make it. It is a union that was meant to be not so much fragile as <laughs> maybe angry is a good is a good way to, to say it and dynamic. And we're at a point where, and, and we've already had discussions, you know where I stand, you know, if we're looking at it slowly from the lens of, of abortion and, and women's rights, you know where I stand. And I and I have made it very clear that I thought this decision was. Uh, while plausible, unfortunate, and and you know, from my perspective, wrong on a, a number of different levels. But that's when we're looking at the state of the union, we're looking at a context in which factions fight. If you fight hard enough for at least some time, you may get something, and then you have to defend it. It's it's a it's a very turbulent internal sea. But that really goes to a kind of surface uh, view of the state of, of the union. We've been fighting like cats and dogs for 200 and some odd years over all kinds of things. And then we die. The next generation comes, thinks whatever it was we were fighting about is ridiculous. And then they go and have life and death contests about whatever it is that makes them crazy. Right. But that's the expectation. And right now, a lot of people, quite justifiably, are very unhappy about the way in which turbulence is going. But when we talk about the State of the Union, um, let's stop for a minute and think about a, a deeper issue with respect to the State of the Union. That is, how stable is it? How confident are we that we want to continue to play in these turbulent seas? That's what makes this really interesting because you can't the the you can't reduce the nature and robustness of this republic to an unfortunate, a deeply tragic and unfortunate uh, jurisprudence with respect to women's autonomy. Uh, that is as temporal as the uh, nine judges, as the mortality of the nine judges who made it. Uh, well, so I didn't want to just 
concentrate on that. That's not the only right. thing going on. Obviously, we're having school shootings. We're having um, right. I, climate change is going is, is causing um, natural disasters like we've right. never seen before. Right. So there are all kinds of there are all kinds of challenges. Hyper uh, inflation is at uh, the levels, and possibly stagnation is at the levels we haven't seen since before you were born. Um, the challenges to American, not hegemony, but to American vanguard leadership in the world order uh, has not been as strong since the heyday of the Soviet Union and the coalition of developing states in the uh, 60s, 50s, and 60s. There's all kinds of things, but there's always all kinds of things that are going on. Every generation has a series of enormously important challenges, both internal and external. In the 40s and 50s and 30s, it was uh, the issue, the fundamental issue of race and racial divisions. Now it's racial solidarity, um, uh, the issue of the way in which we uh, congealed as a nation. Now we deal with that, uh, that congealing in the context of uh, conversations or interactions between identity groups, right? But all of this stuff was, was going on before, and we can talk about all of the challenges that, that we face as our children will, as our children's children will, or someone else's children's children will. Um, but let's talk about the, the it, it, in moments like this, we, we celebrate the challenges and hopefully our confidence in our ability to ultimately, if not overcome them, at least reduce their temperature enough so that we can continue dealing with this until the issue becomes either irrelevant or we can find a solution. Big question for you. Will the Republic survive? Survive what? Survive. Will there be a United States? It survived worse. Aha. Okay, good. So you're confident that it will survive. There are a number of people who are less confident, either because they relish the idea, uh, because they view the United States as extraordinarily decadent or corrupt, depending on your political persuasion, left, right, or whatever your ideology is, that there's something fundamentally wrong with the nation, either represented by its system, represented by its culture, represented by its lack of solidarity. There's a million different reasons. But for these people, they relish, they relish the idea of the Republic falling apart and dying. Well, because it's dramatic. And then we do have a country of drama queens. I, I blame. Uh, hey, that is one, people. you know, Amer the United States is ridiculously good at entertaining entertainment is our one of our number one exports <laughs> it's not our number one so ah, very good okay so you think that the the current level of of dystopia is effectively the way in which americans cope with challenges uh by being dramatic overly dramatic and i think that's fomented by by way of the media, um, by way of what kind of coverage and how long that coverage is goes on, um, what you know, it, it's it's interesting. 
Yeah, but you know, look, the the media has been the media has uh, failed to live up to its ideals since before the founding of the republic. But I think they, also the the circumstances where you, I guess, COVID made it a very special circumstance uh, because we were all very tied to our devices and. Um, who the matrix thing we've got the uh, social media now the the abstract plug into our heads and we're all it was hard feeding, to pull away right and we're all feeding this this monster that then builds these machines which is actually uh not untrue building all of these machines uh which we can call models predictive analytics and algorithms which mm -hmm. then assume a life of their own the simulation becomes reality and reality becomes nothing more than the feeding in of data and impressions and reactions. It doesn't sound too far away to me, right. honestly. So in, in that case, right, in that case, then the Republic um, actually, and, and not just ours, but uh, the global uh, community of states then dissolves away and we become, the reality becomes the simulation and the simulation actually derives its substance by feeding off of the reactions and engagement of its of what had been real and now becomes nothing more than the input that incarnates that makes corporeal and real what had been uh, just an image, a simulation of, of itself. That's cool, but that's the end of humanity or its transformation. Um, and that's a that's a bigger issue for another podcast, mm. but that is a challenge. Right. But there. All right. So there are certainly a group of people who would relish the idea of the republic failing, not for the United States to go away, but for the republic failing. And in its place. Right. You're either going to brush away what some people call the uh, absolutely unfixable issues of structural oppression or exploitation based on identitarian criteria or uh, you have to sweep it away because it has become so corrupt because it's, it has uh, left its roots or connections with one or another manifestation of a theology uh, uh, built around a divine presence. Right? So we got all of those people who would desperately want the Republic to be swept away, not the United States to go away, but the Republic to be swept away uh, to be um, replaced by something else. And for them, the idea right now, and it's a great time to talk about it, that, and you mentioned this exactly right, COVID laid bare the possibility of making the argument that these challenges are very different than any challenge since the last time the Republic was almost swept away, which is 1861 mm -hmm. uh, and the start of the secession. And that now we have, from their perspective, now the people who are looking for the end of the Republic have a chance to do it right. To do it, yes, right, now, it now is the chance. Right, and so in order to do that, you have to convince people that the challenges, which is sort of where we started, that the challenges that the United States faces today are different than the endless challenges that the Americans have faced since before the start of the Republic, that this is new and different, and it is new and different in a way that will shake the Republic apart, dot, 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 and for a lot of these people, and then give them the opportunity to uh, to make something in their own image. 
um, because of course this is all a narcissistic act. Absolutely, and, and all this of these is a practice want, of narcissism. Right. I mean, it is. It is. It's. It's just um, all of this are are advanced, and you know, and for me, so the the answer to the the question for me at the state of the U.S. Uh, is the enormous, and here is the existential enormous threat of collective and individual narcissism, which both leads people into themselves or leads them solely into these self-reflexive groups that then can develop a very noxious possibility of destroying the fundamental solidarity on which the Republic is founded, a solidarity which is based on the notion that you've got a bunch of crazy different people uh, none of whom will agree on anything for more than five minutes at a time, but all of whom understand that they've got to get along on the basis of principles that make it okay and positive to get along and build something together, which in the end is likely better than anything that, that's an alternative, right? And so that's really the, the trick here. It's, it's this kind of I, we're, narcissism, of course, like everything else has always been around, but if you instrumentalize narcissism, if you, I, if you make it part, you embed it into these ideologies and you embed, it, you embed it in ways that suggest that indeed narcissism now requires a fundamental and uh, ir, ir, irreparable Right, separation between this narcissist group and the rest of the uh, the the um, stakeholders in the republic. That then they'll get their wish, and this thing will will come apart. Um, People have either, always been narcissistic. How is this different than? Because, the because in in the old days, the narcissism was the basis from out of which you started negotiations with other narcissist groups. You come up with either ways to opt out of whatever it is that people were doing and protect yourself that way, or you develop pragmatic means of dealing with this in ways that won't make you completely happy, but happy enough so that you can continue to function because there's something in it for you. Mm -hmm. This narcissism is the same kind of narcissism that um, uh, that one saw in the 1830s, uh, 40s, and 50s. It's one that suggests that that sort of compromise is now off the table because narcissism has produced difference that is so great, the difference that is so unbridgeable that there is no foundation of solidarity that is broad enough, thick enough, solid enough to allow this, this to happen. And I feel like right now, the, this conversation is talking it, mostly about the two political parties. No, no. It, that's I, what it sounds like to no, me. I know no. you want to talk. I know you're, you're talking about the general public, but it no. doesn't sound like that to me. No, the, the political parties, from my perspective, and, and please forgive me, um, but I've written about this since 2016. The political parties are, are irrelevant, except uh, to the way, except to the extent that, for example, press organs and other social collectives are. I mean, they're not irrelevant. irrelevant, they're useless. 
Well, they and they're actually getting in the way. They represent. Yeah, that, that doesn't mean it's irrelevant. That that means they're troublesome. No, and yes, and they're still powerful, but they're powerful in a kind of anachronistic way. They represent the past. They 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 have to some extent broken up, uh, in ways that don't make any sense. And so when I'm talking about this narcissism, I'm not talking about political parties. This is like talking about the 20th century. Who cares? I mean, I care as a historian uh, when I'm looking at history, but I don't really care now. I'm looking at identitarian um, narcissism, which may be political or economic or social or, or cultural or racial or ethnic or based on anything uh, that will allow a group to believe that what joins You're just them talking together, about a general zeitgeist that you think exists. Yeah, identitarian politics has become the thing in this country over the last 20 or 30 years. Um, and it has become, I think, to some extent, a force that is far more powerful than the, the role of the old political parties, which was to bring all of these disparate groups together in some kind of, again, rambunctious and not always agreed uh, group that, that would uh, band together for some uh, limited purpose. Um, but that, that, may, that may not be possible now. So anyway, so my, my bag, my contribution to this, the state of the Republic, I worry about this, this kind of solidarity eroding narcissism. Um, and I worry about this, uh, this tendency among some, and my guess is including some in the elites that are desperately looking to, um, to, to engage in those actions that may make it more likely for the Republic to come apart. But then you've got a bunch of other groups, um, crazy groups, and, and I'll group these two cra these gr crazy groups into two camps. There's a million more camps, but two big camps. The first one, and this is the, the Roe versus Wade camp in a sense, although they were very clever in the way in which they hid what they were doing behind the old notion of federalism uh, for, for Roe versus Wade. The first camp is the, I want to go back to our starting state camp that we have moved too far and in too weird a direction. And that the only thing that will quote unquote save the Republic is to purify us. It's, it's kind of the traditionalist purification group. Uh, all kinds of societies have had uh, weird zealots uh, with uh, purification uh, agendas forever. But this purification agenda group uh, is now fairly powerful. Purification agenda groups, because they're also arguing amongst themselves uh, about what the state of purity looks, but that's one camp. So they wanna bring us back or purify us. The other camp goes in the opposite direction, which is they have this notion of the state of the ideal, and they will not let anyone, including popular perceptions, popular uh, likes, popular um, ideas and notions stand in the way of using all of the vectors of power available to move society, socially engineer them uh, in social, cultural, and political ways towards the ideal. For both of these camps, the Republic as it exists today is an impediment. They want to see it, or even if they, they don't think that they're doing this, um, they need to see the Republic as it, as it exists today disappear. 
one from a kind of American Leninist uh, vanguard perspective, they want to develop the Enlightenment ideal, the other from a traditionalist uh, in, roots in, in, uh, in, uh, the in theocracy in a sense, but it doesn't have to be theocratic, this uh, return purification group. In both cases, there's this ideal, right? And the middle ground, which was the Republic, a bunch of people who have to live with each other even when they don't like each other because there's more power and solidarity that stands in the way. And while we've had these tendencies from before the start of the Republic, uh, we're in a position, I think, now where uh, for the first time in a long time, the middle ground that's tended to keep these, these kind of um, zealot edges in check and then draw from them to the extent that, that they have some useful ideas, the middle ground is kind of now confused because they've lost their way. And and that's- There is that, no middle, I mean, the, right. the middle ground is not allowed to speak. There, I mean, nobody is putting up with a middle ground. Um, yeah. the, the fact that they're not allowed to speak means that the middle ground is afraid to take on the uh, the, those who now have assigned to themselves the, the power to exact social, uh, cultural, political, or economic discipline on those whose views they find are in the way of either their purification campaigns or their uh, campaigns to engineer us into some kind of ideal state. And this has uh, been uh, over many years. This has been over decades that this has been a work in progress. Well, that's true. Um, but probably coming to a climax at some point. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, my, my gut tells me that the Republic, of course, will survive, but I, I'm heavily, and just so that you know, I'm heavily invested and a huge fan of the Republic uh, for all kinds of reasons, including that it was this Republic, as messy as it is, that was one of the few that took us in and allowed us to come in, welcomed us, and allowed us to... Uh, to do what we can. Clearly other people from other groups would have a harder or an easier time, but there's that for me. So I'm a, I remain a big fan, as frustrated as I constantly am. Um, I tend to look- But that's at, also a luxury. Uh, for millions of people who find their way uh, in this country over the course of the last 150 years, um, less of a luxury uh, for those who did less well. That is a reminder to us that we could do better. Yes. But not an indictment of the system itself. Unless, of course, you believe that once you reach the ideal stage of purity or, uh, or this vanguard enlightened state, that all of these failures will disappear. And that's, of course, uh, where things go wrong. I do have a question. I do, I do, because Democrats are now um, yelling at the top of their lungs. If if all if Republicans are voted into office, there's a risk that there will be a national ban on abortion. That's and, true. Um, how how would that happen? Because <clears throat> the because the yeah. whole thing was we're going back to federalism. Let's throw it back to the states. Right. And the states have been uh, have been doing exactly what they're doing. So some states are going to put into their constitutions 
uh, the, the protection of the autonomy of women. Other states are going in the opposite direction. So right. states are doing what they're supposed to do. 50 states, 100 opinions. And then they're fighting against each other. Okay, fine, you wanted federalism, now you got federalism. But you're right. So the idea is, I guess, that if the if the Republicans come in, that there will be a Republican united front and that they will do everything in their power to make abortion impossible. Oh, so they would just do it. Through, well, they would they do it would exactly do the, the way the Democrats want to do it. They do it exactly the way the Democrats want to do it in the opposite direction. Gotcha. They'd enact a federal law. Right. Or if they're strong enough and ambitious enough, uh, they would try to put in a constitutional amendment uh, like the old Irish constitution uh, that said that life begins at conception if they can. You know, so that's that's the fear. But again, we're, we're back to abortion. Uh, but it also and, and it's interesting because really abortion and, and we talked about this before. Well, it was a good pulling abortion is pulling the thread uh, through by pulling that thread. Uh, the entire political uh, house of cards comes down, uh, uh, jurisprudential and political house of cards come down. So maybe it is a good idea to, to view the state of the union through the lens of women's autonomy or the, uh, or the, the rights or responsibilities to the unborn, um, however you want to look at it. But yeah, um, they can do that. Uh, and then as is customary in this country, there can be resistance and there will be resistance. Uh, there will be tragedy, there will be martyrs, uh, there will be lots and lots of volatility and then uh, the, the result will be instability. Because I really don't, I do not expect that this isn't like a, a huge fight over whether uh, the interstate highway is going to go through uh, town A or town B, and then town A gets really mad because it goes through them and not town B, so half the town gets knocked down, um, and, and, but it's done. This is something that is, is far more fundamental, so we'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens. And of course, we've got just a little bit of time, but we, we should talk about this. To what extent should others care about the state of the American Republic. And by that, I mean the Europeans, the Chinese, the Russians, the Ukrainians, the Latin Americans. To what extent do they have a stake in this? Well, I mean, it depends on how intertwined they are with us and our economy and how much they rely on um, the fact that we're either our military presence is either there or not there. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's pragmatic. Um, another way of looking at it is to suggest a couple of things. One, if the, if the Republic fail, fails, then it is, uh, that certainly sends a message uh, that there isn't a single system on earth that is not also subject to rupture, which means that all kinds of systems that they believe are eternal may wind up now being easier to challenge because the one system that no one thought could possibly fail uh, is both unstable and may, right? The second problem is, of course, is that you're not dealing with um, a very small, I could give you a name, uh, a name of a country, but then I, I, I don't wanna offend anyone, of a small country 
that has very little influence outside of its borders, uh, there is a tremendously important set of networks and network relations on a variety of levels uh, that start from the US as a hub and goes out, radiates out. Uh, what happens in this republic has significant effects outward. And it may well be that it will be in the interest of the friends, colleagues, supporters, allies of this republic to do what they can to save it, including perhaps intervening to ensure its stability and to protect and, in, and aid those among us, and there are a whole lot of us who view the, the, the kind of purity, uh, ideal state threat, the, the, the states of disunion, of fractured solidarity uh, as something that ought to be rethought and temperature brought down and then re-embedded into what had been a <laughs> rambunctious but fairly stable uh, democratic uh, democratic republican structure. So it's possible in the meantime, of course, uh, American, the, the, this kind of self-reflexive period uh, may also give states that view themselves as our competitors or enemies the opportunities to uh, check off their wish list of things that they would like to do but couldn't do because they were afraid of the vigilance of the Americans. What do you as, mean might? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, the State of the Union is actually in part um, a question about what is the state of the world order. Uh, and to the extent that we continue to indulge in this kind of, as you put it, and it was brilliant, this kind of made-for-TV drama, this mm -hmm. uh, Housewives of New Jersey uh, kind of approach to internal conversations, the more likely it is that we will find that while we are arguing uh, about this, uh, people will be stealing, this is the Housewives of New Jersey, people will be stealing our Mercedes that are parked outside and then burning our house down and we will be just shocked. And it is such a drama. It, the whole world is watching. It's not just us. It's not, it, it's, it's everyone. And it's because, as you were saying, I mean, the, there are interests in keeping the United States going. Uh, yes, healthy, crazy, healthy, stable in its own way. And I think on that note, I will wish this Republic a very happy birthday. Yes. Uh, with hopes of another countless number of centuries as crazy and as apparently temporally dysfunctional as it is in every single age, but strong and stable in its own way uh, going forward in the project that was started in uh, however flawed it is from our perspective today, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the seeds there have kept us going. The seeds we plant today will keep us going for centuries to come, hopefully. And so happy birthday. And I agree, happy birthday, happy Independence Day. I think this is just, you know, another swing in the pendulum and- Right, but the adults among us, you know, we all gotta play. We gotta play. If we, if we kick back. Um, yeah, 
we 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 got to engage. So all right. Well, having said that, I'm now going to engage in fireworks. Oh, happy woof. day! Woof woof. Bark bark. See you later, everyone. <laughs>